Hi, and welcome to Strengthening the Soul of Your Leadership podcast. My name is Ruth Haley Barton, founder of the Transforming Center, and I'm here with Steve Weens, senior pastor of Genesis in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Steve is also a Transforming Community alum, which means we've spent time laughing, growing, and being transformed in Christ's presence in community with other leaders. Thanks, Ruth. And hey, we've appreciated the great response we've had to the first five seasons of the podcast, and we would love to bring more seasons and expand what we're doing with the podcast, but all those things take financial resources. So if you've enjoyed the podcast, we'd like to invite you to become a monthly patron by visiting transformingcenter.org slash patron. That's transformingcenter.org slash patron. You can choose what level of support you would like to give, and you'll get some exclusive bonus content for becoming a patron. Thanks so much for considering it. I also want to let you know that this season, we're walking through Ruth's newest book, which is called Invitation to Retreat. We're going to have one episode per chapter, and we encourage you to purchase the book and read along with us. When you buy the book from the Transforming Center, you're going to receive a signed copy from Ruth and some exclusive bonus offers. So visit thetransformingcenter.org to learn more. Ruth, as we have arrived at episode 10, it's it's titled Finding Spiritual Freedom. And so this is confession time. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I read the title of the chapter uh, weeks ago, I felt a kind of resistance. Mm-hmm. And so I sat with it for a little bit and I noticed that I have this fear that spiritual freedom, whatever that means, yeah. isn't actually possible. I feel like it's kind of the carrot mm-hmm. on the end of the stick that's always just out of reach. And then you sort of wrote about that mm-hmm. as well, about having an emotional response to that. So... Um, what's what's going on with that? Sometimes I think that those of us who feel most responsible in life are the ones who have the most trouble with this idea of spiritual freedom. Because oh. uh, you're probably that kind of person too, right? Yeah, yeah. You feel very responsible for oh, yeah. many things in life. And so I'm, I've mentioned this before that I'm the very responsible eldest child of a pastor. And so I think this feeling of responsibility that I've had all my life feels almost like it cancels out any possibility yeah. of spiritual freedom. I have to be responsible. You know, yeah. I have people depending on me after on all. I can't line. be free. I can't be free. Um, so, yeah, the, I think that this, this the idea of spiritual freedom, even though it's deeply biblical, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, in 1 Corinthians 3, it says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Yeah. Freedom. freedom. Do But do we... You know, is Common going to come in and start singing now? Ignore that. Um, It just doesn't seem, you're right, it just doesn't seem possible if you're one of those people that carries the weight of the world Mm -hmm. all the time. So, so that's, that's mm-hmm. part of what's behind that anyway. Mm-hmm. So what, was there anything else though for you, Steve? Really? Let's go down to the bottom of you right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, please can I? Did I tell you I'm tired of talking about myself? So let's go to the bottom of you. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. Um, actually that does help though, because yeah. I think I can locate that. Like mm-hmm. when you say that word responsibility, yeah. I can locate that and go, okay. So mm-hmm. then that gives me a little work right. to say, okay, right. all right, God, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm about the fact that maybe I carry too much responsibility, mm-hmm. maybe the way in which I'm entering retreat mm-hmm. or even my life. Um, I'm, I'm cynical about, about freedom because maybe I feel like I, I don't get to have it. Mm-hmm. Other people do, but I don't, yeah. I know. So I think I have some work to do mm-hmm. there. Um, so thank you. Mm-hmm, you're welcome. Spiritual director mm-hmm. Ruth. <laughs> uh, how would you define spiritual freedom? <laughs> 
we are getting punchy no. right now. <laughs> we're going to keep and this. And it was bound to happen. It was, yeah, yeah. I mean, folks, we're going to keep the, the, the tape rolling here. It's not tape, it's a computer. But, uh, mm. but oh my Lord, we've mm-hmm. done We've so been doing this a long episodes. time. So, yes. Well, um, how would you define I, spiritual I want to be clear that spiritual freedom is not the freedom to do whatever you want whenever you want. And that could be another reason why we resist is because we know people who are irresponsible mm-hmm. in their lives and, you know, just do whatever they want without any thought to how it affects other people. But that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Spiritual freedom is, um, well, Je- the Jesuit John English would call it uh, an, existent- an existential freedom, like ultimate, like mm-hmm. freedom within oneself to be oneself, to be who God is calling one to be. Um, a freedom for God, you know, freedom for oneself and a freedom for God. And um, it's the, it's a freedom that comes from knowing what the ultimate meaning of your life is and being willing to really move with that mm. and to order your life for it, um, to be who God has created you to be and not um, not so caught up in, in the expectations of other people. So um, it, spiritual freedom is all about that the freedom to be given over to god in any moment um beyond our attachments beyond our own attempts at security beyond whatever false self stuff we've got going on that we're able to be free for god okay so i told you my existential crisis Mm -hmm. with spiritual freedom but you but you wrote about yours too so what was yours yeah it was in this eight-day retreat that we've been talking about a little bit um and I was really taken by surprise when a spiritual director, when I was describing my life and the unworkable nature of it, and in response to that, he began by stating, well, you need to find your spiritual freedom. And and immediately tears sprang to my eyes, which always shows you that, it, that it, there's something deeper going on than what you're consciously aware of. And I think what I realized was that that was the issue. I didn't feel free. Mm-hmm. Um, and that in all of my responsibility, I didn't feel free to move with God. I didn't feel free to be who I am sometimes and um, to be freely given over to God because I'm so caught up in the expectations of my life in the company of others. And I think the tears also had to do with the complete impossibility of the situation, that I, I really didn't know how those words applied to me, even though I'm very familiar with the verse about this, the freedom of the spirit and all that, but it just wasn't what I was experiencing. And so he was good enough to just wait for my emotions to settle down just a little bit. And then he suggested that I explore the freedoms that I did have. Oh yeah. And that, that was curious as well, because I realized that I wasn't even exercising the freedom that I did have. So what was that about? Mm. You know, um, and what I what I realized as I you know you have to just keep sitting with this stuff and and on this part I'm glad that I was on retreat because I needed time and space to really get to the bottom of what this was, um, and you know at that point he threw a little hand grenade into our session, and he said that sometimes a strategy of the evil one is to use good things against us and to use our even our gifts against us, and so I began to start to have. Uh, a hint at the fact that maybe part of what was going on is that the evil one has actually been at work, you know, um, causing me to use the gifts that I, you know, the gifts that I do have to be responsible and to get things done and, you know, all that. But that, that, that I was now more caught up in that than in the freedom that God had for me. And that, that the freedom really wasn't anything about what's going on out there. It was whether or not I was able to exercise the freedom that I have to make choices. Um, so that was a pretty stunning moment, you know, and I had to stay with that for a while. 
Wow, that's insidious because no one would ever say to you like, oh, you're so responsible. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe they would, but yeah. like, usually people don't confront you because you're right. doing a good no, job. Because, and, you, and actually the people know. for whom you are being responsible really so, sort of appreciate yeah, that, right? So they're do. probably not going to be the ones to call it into question, you know? <sighs> so that's a whole yeah. new letting mm-hmm. go right. of realizing maybe I have some choice in this that I'm not that even exactly, seeing. Exactly, exactly. And... And beneath that, there's the whole Jesuit concept, uh, the Ignatian concept of disordered attachments. Mm-hmm. And so where I started to go with that was to wonder, maybe I am more attached to what people think about me than I am attached to being given over to God. And maybe maybe some of that is my own doing, mm-hmm. you know, that, that I am attached more than I should be to how people think about me, whether or not I'm able to, to keep from disappointing them, mm-hmm. whether I want to always be the one that always fulfills all my responsibilities, you know, that I was very much attached not only to people's expectations, but to my own ideal about myself, Right. that I'll never disappoint anyone. Somehow I'm going to make it through life without having to disappoint anyone. Somehow I'm going to take this deeper spiritual journey without having to ever leave or without ever having to have what God is inviting me to come up against something of a human expectation. Um, so it, then it becomes really significant once again, to be able to distinguish God's voice from your mm-hmm. inner compulsions mm-hmm. and from the voices of the people around you who all have expectations. I had a wise counselor once tell, I was working through this hard issue and I said to him, I, I just, at the bottom of it all mm-hmm. is I feel like this conflict is all my fault. Mm. And he looked at me and he goes, well, of course it is. Oh, who wants to hear that? I, and I, I thought he was joking at first. I mean, yeah. I kind of laughed. Because you thought he was going to just say, there, yeah, there, it's yeah. not your fault. But he goes, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it is. Hmm. Um, and then I kind of, I didn't know what to say. I, mm-hmm. I sort of mumbled. Mm-hmm. But then he jumped in and said, but let's just walk all the way down that plank mm-hmm. and let's jump off mm-hmm. and let's see what happens with your life. Yeah. And... Oh my, that was, I mean, (laughs) no, this guy was a little crazy, truly, truly. But in that moment, that is what I needed to hear. Mm -hmm. Like I needed to stop fighting, whether it was my fault Mm -hmm. or, and he actually didn't mean it was 100% Mm -hmm. my fault. He was just saying, if you're going to wonder about that Mm -hmm. the rest of your life, you can, or you can choose to just say, I'm going to do a different question. Right. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was a little bit of what you were talking about. Like there was a freedom for me to ask that question mm-hmm. or to get into a deeper, um, right. a, a, a better question. Um, all right. So talk a little bit more about disordered attachments because um, that's, that's very curious to me about how that relates to um, spiritual freedom and being all bound up. Well, disordered attachment is being attached to something in, inordinately. Um, so needing something to be true, you know, and um, needing them to be a certain way or needing something to be a certain way to the extent that you're willing to work on that rather than give yourself to God. Um, now, be clear that there is such a thing as ordered attachments, too, um, when we are attached to something in the appropriate way, you know, so to be attached to something in the appropriate right way is an ordered attachment. Mm-hmm. Um, but disordered, one of the ways we can know it's disordered is if we are attached to whatever that is more than we're attached to the person of God and God's Mm -hmm. guidance and leading in our lives. And, um, I think that's the real distinction there that God still does always have to be the ultimate orienting reality of our lives, Mm -hmm. you know, and our commitment to God and to follow God's invitations in our lives and to trust God with other people while we're doing that, Mm -hmm. um, is, you know, is quite the fine line to walk. 
So for example, let's say uh, a person is on retreat and they are, their role is a leader of a nonprofit and, um, but they're sensing that, mm-hmm. that there's a move happening. They're sensing and, and it's, it feels pretty clear. Mm-hmm. They've talked to different people about it, but they keep resisting it. Um, I, like how does someone know, oh man, I have a disordered attachment to my, to my role here mm-hmm. um, versus no, I, I need to press through this and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to leave. Mm-hmm. That, that seems so hard to tell. How do, how do you well, tell? Well, part of it is the, is freedom. Like, do I feel free to leave if that's what God is calling me okay, to do? Okay, here we go. Am I able to stay if mm-hmm. that is what God is calling me mm-hmm. to do? Am I free to stay? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the, the that inner experience of being free to do what God is telling you to do no matter what it is. So this is kind of like the movement in discernment that we call... Um, now the word escapes me. What, what do we call um, indifference? Praying, praying yeah. for indifference, mm-hmm. which is not not caring. It it's right. caring more mm-hmm. about what God wants than right. your own. Which biases. is a place of spiritual freedom. Let's put it that way. That indifference is that place of spiritual freedom where whatever it is, I can follow it. Um, I can give myself to it. So spiritual freedom is the freedom to be what and who God's calling me to okay. be, not what I'm determined to be in a yeah. self determined sort of way or what others are expecting me to be in terms of how people you know, project their own expectations and idealized expectations oftentimes, but how people project that onto us. Um, spiritual freedom is being free from those two things so that mm-hmm. we can be free for God and whatever God is calling us to. So that leader may journal the, the, the his answer or her answer to the question, well, what if I left that job? Yeah. And then answer well, honestly. Well, that be the worst thing, you know? Um, can I trust God with that? Yeah. Could I trust God that God could still mm-hmm. do what God's going to do with, with that ministry organization, even if I do follow God in, in leaving? Yeah. Um, and so right there, there's also some attachment into the thought that this place can't, 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 can't survive, survive without, without me. me. So there's indispensability. So the unfreedom right there is that feeling mm-hmm. of indispensability. So I think the the opportunity with a spiritual director or a companion or within oneself to be able to notice where we are not free is an amazing uh, place to be in the in the journey. So, like, what am I taking responsibility for that isn't really ultimately mm-hmm. mine? Right, right. And I'm feeling feeling nailed to the wall with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think it's Roar that talks about the fact that. The word attachment literally has the, this metaphorical idea of being nailed to the wall, you know, yeah, like no yeah. freedom. Like you're, you're not free from that thing. Yeah. You're completely nailed to it, you know. But you just played out, like in my mind, at least two different ways that can happen. One, I need this role so much for my own yes, identity. Yes, for my own identity and, and, like, or because other people yeah. expect me to stay and I can't stand to disappoint them. And that yeah. second one sounds a little more heroic, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, right. It's, it's, it's a martyr right. sort of syndrome. That's fascinating. Yeah. So okay. let me, I want to make sure that we are really clear on what ordered and disordered attachments yep. are because this is, there's, there's some fine nuance in here. Mm-hmm. So John English again says, many people think that all attachments are disordered, but they are not. There are attachments that are ordered to the end for which they were created. So you think about marriage, mm-hmm. we're attached in marriage, attached in a way that contributes to the end for which marriage was created, you know? So there's a mm-hmm. kind of attachment that takes place there that, that serves a good purpose and it's created that kind that, that attachment relationship is created for a certain purpose and the attachment serves that purpose. Yeah. Um, that, so they're, they're, um, ordered to the end for which they are created. They bring us closer to God and to other people. The problem is not with ordered attachments. It's with disordered attachment. Disordered attachment turns us in on ourselves They are strictly concerned with self. This self-concern is expressed when we are selfish 
or to other centered. There we go. They are enslaving in that way. They chain us and prevent us from being free with ourselves, free with other human beings, and free in the whole context of life. Yeah. Okay, Ruth, what are some questions we can ask ourselves to determine where we're free, where we're not free? Mm-hmm. Well, I think we can, on retreat, begin to take stock of our days and how we're living our lives day to day and ask questions like, uh, does the way I'm living day to day correspond to the deepest desires of my heart? And let yourself see that and know that as honestly as you can without defending, you know? Yeah, yeah. Am I ordering my days around the purpose for which God created me? And saying that courageous no that enables me to put first things first. Are there any no's that I need to be saying in my life right now? And am I free to do it? Mm-hmm. You know, or do I feel like I don't have the freedom to do it? And I think that's what I was identifying, which is why this conversation was so challenging to me, was that there are no's I could have been saying, but I wasn't doing it for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. What's that about? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so that's a very helpful question. Um, what are those first things? And are there any changes that need to be made so that I can live the life God has for me, so that I can be oriented towards the first things in my life? Um, and then there's there's hopefully some sense of freedom that we're coming into to order our lives around whatever it is that we're hearing in response to those questions. And that does lead us oftentimes to either minor tweaks in our lives or major recalibrations in Mm -hmm. our lives, how we're actually doing our lives. And I find that God always seems to have something for me on retreat that has to do with recalibration. Mm -hmm. It could be a minor tweak, but it also could be a major overhaul. And there have been times when it's been both. So um, we don't need to be afraid of that. But just like in Elijah's situation where when he came to the end of his time, in retreat or in solitude and silence, God had some guidance for him about how to live his life. And one of them was that he couldn't carry the mantle of leadership alone anymore. Well, God, you know, God has that for each of us about our lives. And so the only question then is, are we free? Are we free to recalibrate towards the end to which God is calling us? And identifying the first things, Mm -hmm. um, for some of us, that might be easy. It might be just remembering. For others of us, Mm -hmm. it might be like, oh man, I don't even know if I've ever define that. Right. Well, and I also have discovered in my life that there's a finer and finer point that gets made about that as life goes on. So whereas early in my ministry life, I was saying yes to a lot of things Mm -hmm. and then I I couldn't anymore. So then Mm -hmm. I narrowed down my focus and then I narrowed down my focus. And right now the focus is so narrow um, that, you know, there's hardly anything I can say yes to, you know, um, in an attempt to to order my my life around the first things, you know. So that I'm, I'm getting from that first things mm-hmm. change, first things get more focused. Yes. Mm-hmm. So even that, like mm-hmm. that's a thing to keep returning back to God. Right. Or we get more clear things. on what, what God is calling us to do. Um, yeah. Because in the beginning, usually of vocation and ministry, we're still leaving the options fairly open until still trying stuff out. Mm-hmm. But as life goes on, we get a clearer and clearer sense of what is our best contribution, what is God most clearly calling us to. And then we that also serves to bring the focus sharper mm-hmm. in terms of our yeses and our noes. So here's a for example. Can I ask you? Uh, I'm in a meeting with my elders mm-hmm. last week. Yeah. And we really need some help in strategic planning. Mm-hmm. That's not my first love. It's yeah. not my first gift. I don't mm-hmm. really enjoy it. And so, you know, we're talking about, can we hire mm-hmm. someone for that? And we really mm-hmm. can't. I mean, we're really not in a season right now yeah. where we can't. So no one said it except for me. I said, well, I may need to press into that and and learn some new things. Oh, wow. Yes. I, I may mm-hmm. need to 
not love it, but mm -hmm. do it. Hmm. And this idea of spiritual freedom versus a compulsion, oh, I better do it. Mm -hmm. It has helped me reframe that in, in my own mind. Like, I'm not saying that I should be the one to do that necessarily, right. but seeing that as I could choose mm -hmm. that and God could help me. And yeah. for a season, mm -hmm. it might be the best thing to do. It might not be my first love, but you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. to see it as freedom versus responsibility yeah. changes mm -hmm. my perspective. Absolutely. Completely. It does. You don't feel so stuck and yeah. caught. And I'm not saying I yeah. have to, and they're not right. saying I have to. But that is a place of freedom yes. to be able to do, walk into it or mm -hmm. say, no, someone else is mm -hmm. going to, and you know that you're not going to fight yeah. um, and yeah. you can be Ver free. Versus, well, I have yeah. to. Right. And, and that's martyr. You right. Know, yeah. and, and so when we, when we think about consolation and desolation as well, which we've already talked about, freedom, I think, is a real component of consolation and desolation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in, in, a, in a, an experience of consolation, there is a feeling of being free mm -hmm. in God mm -hmm. and free for God. Mm -hmm. um, and in desolation, we, we feel like we're not free. Yeah. So yeah. To, to be able to learn to pay attention to that dynamic, that inner dynamic is, is really significant for the discerning lifestyle. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Ruth. This was so helpful. Uh, it's going to help me in some of my decisions that mm -hmm. I have to make currently. So uh, is there a way that you'd like to close this chat, this episode? Yeah, I'm going to close with one of my favorite poems from one of my favorite poets, David White. Um, and this is a poem I, I carry with me quite often, especially into retreat, because I want to stay in touch with this feeling that I do have freedom to choose and that I have um, part of being human is to have the right to make certain choices about one's life. So this poem is called Sometimes. Sometimes, if you move carefully through the forest, breathing like the ones in the old stories who could cross a shimmering bed of leaves without a sound, you come to a place whose only task is to trouble you with tiny but frightening requests, conceived out of nowhere, but in this place, beginning to lead everywhere. Request to stop what you are doing right now and to stop what you are becoming while you do it. Questions that can make or unmake a life. Questions that have patiently waited for you. Questions that have no right to go away. Thanks so much for listening today. We know there are thousands of podcasts to choose from and we are grateful you spent the last 30 minutes with us. If God has stirred something in you about your own leadership experience, maybe God is inviting you to begin your own journey of leadership transformation. I was a part of Transforming Community Number 6 way back in 2011, and it was such an important part of my spiritual journey. Transforming Community is a practice-based spiritual formation journey with nine quarterly retreats. The Transforming Community is designed to integrate your spirituality and leadership, helping you reclaim practices and experiences spiritual seekers down through the ages have used to open themselves to God's transforming work. Thank you so much for your support of the Transforming Center and this podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review our podcast on iTunes or wherever you subscribe. These reviews and ratings increase the visibility of the podcast. Thanks so much.